The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, If you will love me, you will keep my commandments. I shall ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever, that spirit of truth whom the world can never receive, since it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him, because he is with you, he is in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come back to you. In a short time, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live and you will live. On that day, you will understand that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Anybody who receives my commandments and keeps them will be the one who loves me. And anybody who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I shall love them and show myself to them. The Gospel of the Lord. So who's the Holy Spirit for you? How have you encountered the Holy Spirit? That was a question I asked um, of a congregation in Timaru many years ago when I was parish priest. And I made them think about it for a moment and then turn to the person next to them and tell them who the Holy Spirit was for them and how they'd encountered the Holy Spirit. As you can imagine, there was a bit of a shock uh, in the in the church, but often I think uh, things of God we don't talk about enough, and we don't talk about our experiences of God, and that's what we were asked to by Saint Peter. Always have answer ready for people who ask you the reason for the hope that you all have. You know. We need to be able to have ready our answers to talk to people. So who's the Holy Spirit for you? How have you encountered the Holy Spirit? In the Gospel reading, Jesus says this Holy Spirit, you know him because he is with you. He is in you. He was saying that to his apostles, but it's true for us. And I think sometimes the Holy Spirit is like the invisible person of the Holy Trinity. When we think about God, the Father, creator of heaven and earth, it's easy to see his work in the world, isn't it? The beauty of creation. And it's a beautiful day here in Hamilton. And as I look out my chapel window, there's the autumn colours in the trees, lovely green grass, lovely sunny day, beautiful light. In the same way, 
it's easy to think of, of, of Jesus because we've, we've seen him in the flesh. We, we, we know him from what's written in the Gospels. But that Holy Spirit, who is that, that Holy Spirit? And Saint, um, in, in the Gospel today, Jesus says, announces the Holy Spirit as, as an advocate. I shall ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Notice that word, another advocate. And the word advocate means one who walks beside, one who is beside you, one who is beside us. And so Jesus himself is an advocate, one who stepped into our world and walked beside the apostles. But now he's promising another advocate. And so that God is going to be manifested to the apostles, to all the disciples, to you and I in a new way, in and through the Holy Spirit, in and through the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus walks with us, walked with us so long ago, now he walks with us continually, but through the working of the Holy Spirit. One of the things um, I was thinking about and reflecting on is often that we're sort of aware of things, but not aware of them. And that we're always being challenged to go beyond ourselves. When Christopher Columbus sailed from, um, from Europe to find a way to the East Indies, um, going the other way, people thought he was mad because everybody knew the earth was flat and he was going to fall off the edge of the earth. And yet he discovered a new truth. There was something within him that was always drawing him forward. And again, that's like the Holy Spirit working in us. Or Isaac Newton, um, you know, the apple falling from the tree. And everyone sort of like knew that things fall down. But he's the one who worked out the maths and talked about the law of motions and uh, universal uh, gravitational forces. Um, and I think that's what the Spirit is always leading us into, to the truth of God and to the things that, that we very um, often don't notice. So what's been your story of the Holy Spirit? And I want to share something of, of mine, not because I, I'm... Um, holding myself up as an example, but I'm just hoping that my story helps you reflect on your story and your relationship with the Lord, and through your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with each other and this, this wonderful family that we are of the church as part of the, the wider human family. Like everyone, presumably watching, um, I received the Holy Spirit first, at that first moment of conception. I don't remember that, but you know, that, that moment when right at the uh, beginning of our life, God breathes our soul into us. And then, like many here uh, watching, um, I received the gift of the Holy Spirit in baptism. Again, I don't remember it. I was only about three weeks old. 
And then when I was in my high school years, uh, Bishop Ashby came over to Hokitika from Christchurch. I received the sacrament of, of confirmation. And to be honest, I don't remember a lot about that. I think it, for me it was, um, as an adult, I started on the faith journey really when I left home. And, and two moments were probably significant for me. Um, one was the Renew movement, where I was involved with a little uh, Renew group um, in St. Joseph's Parish in Christchurch in Papua Nui. Um, and then when I went to Timaru as a layman, and um, I was involved in a young adults group. Um, but still the faith was sort of like out there. I don't think I've really had that, that really deep personal relationship with Jesus that I, that I wanted. And I think that's often our story, isn't it? That we can just drift along and the faith is there, but it's just something we do because it's what we always do. And it's, it's the story of, of, of habit. Um, but then God stepped into my life. And while I was working in Timaru, one day I, I had this profound experience of being called um, to be a priest. Um, I ignored it at the time, uh, but God started messing around with my life. And, uh, and there was this, this whole journey and one of the things the young adults group really taught me was how to pray. And so I had this, this developing relationship with, with the Lord. But it was still very, very young. But the Lord is the great seducer. If we let him into our life, he's the one who seduces us and calls us beyond ourselves. And so... Um, after this amazing experience of God, and I'd ignored it for several months, in the end, one day in desperation, because my life was turning to custard, I prayed, if it's a priest you want me to be, give me a sign. And the next day, one of the priests from the parish is knocking on my door saying, I think God's calling you to be a priest. Have you ever thought about priesthood? So off the, the next year, I went to Holy Cross College in Mosgiel. And while I was there, I decided that I wanted to develop my life in the spirit a bit. And I went to a life in the spirit uh, seminar that was being run in the local Presbyterian church. And I'd heard about, you know, praying in tongues and, and I almost wanted that gift just to really prove that all this God stuff is real. But when the, the pastor was praying over me, I didn't get the gift of tongues. But he, but he said to me, I've had this incredible vision that you're going to be like a ship breaking through um, heavy seas, breaking through the waves, leading people to God, breaking through their resistance. And uh, it was this bizarre sort of uh, experience for me. Um, but I think that moment I, I really did receive a gift of the Spirit, the gift of, of preaching, and I think that's where it comes from. Another experience that I ha had at the seminary was, was um, one of the my brother seminarians always talking about, I really feel the Lord saying this to me. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? 
And, um, and it was a real journey for me to actually become to that place in my life. How do we listen for the Spirit working within us? Because hear what Jesus said again, you know. But you know him because he is with you. He is in you. And how does the Spirit speak in our hearts? And it's not as if we hear it through our ears. It's not as if we see it through our eyes. But rather it's in the realm, isn't it, of our imagination. That we hear this voice rising within us. Or this feeling rising within us. And we stop and we think, is, is that really me thinking this? Or is it something else? And we have to have this discernment, this discernment of the spirits that are working within us. If we're feeling sorry for ourselves, if we're putting ourselves down all the time, we know that that's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God we know from the fruits it brings forth. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. But we really have to work on that discernment. And it's something we have to keep really learning over and over again to become attuned to the voice of the Lord speaking to us. And we need silence for that. And I think this is one of the reasons we have a crisis of faith today, because there's so much noise in our world. Where do we go and sit in silence? It's one of the things so many people are saying um, in this time as we're coming out of lockdown. People are looking back and saying, it was so quiet. I heard the birds singing. They were reconnecting with their relationships and within their family, their whānau. And we need to reconnect with our relationship with God. Remember Jesus himself always going out in the middle of the night or early in the morning to find that lonely place just to sit, to have that chat with the Father and to allow the Father to chat to him. And it's through that Holy Spirit working and within our imagination that the Lord speaks to us and speaks very clearly. I was going through a really bad time at Holy Cross uh, Seminary when I was on the staff, and um, I had this incredible dream. And, uh, and I can remember the dream today, and I may have spoken about this for weekday masses. Um, I just can't remember. If I have, please forgive me. But I was swimming at the bottom of the Hokitika River Gorge, and if you've don't know what it looks like, Google it, uh, because it really is stunning. It's got that aqua uh, glacial colour water. And I was swimming along the bottom of the river. All of a sudden, the bottom of the river went down. So I swam down and I wondered why there was no, um, there was no, um, why the river had dropped. And so I swam up through the water to the surface. I broke through the surface and here was this, this water course for a waterfall but there was no water in the waterfall. And I was really upset. Why was there no water? And, I, and, I, and uh, that's when I woke up. And I spoke to an, an, a priest about it. He says, you need to pray. 
asking why there was no water in the waterfall. But anyway, I was off on retreat a, about a week later and went into the chapel at our, our Tyburn Monastery here at Nakuru in the Diocese of Hamilton. And there in the stained glass windows was this, um, was this waterfall, this gushing waterfall, the waters of Mirabara Masa in the desert. And I knew I'd come to the right place. And I had this amazing week where through the scriptures, the Lord just opened up to me so many new things. But at the end, the Lord revealed to me what the dream was about. He said, why are you looking for me always in the dramatic, you know, the waterfall? Didn't you notice the water all around you? And that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's around us all the time. We might want the miracles. We might want the words of wisdom. We might want the insight. But that's not the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what we want. But the Holy Spirit is the one who is gentle. We just can't switch the Holy Spirit on or off as we want. Rather, we've got to switch ourselves on and sit in silence and ask, come, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me. Give me the right words today. Give me the right actions. And I think that's when I go around and do confirmation. I think we see and, uh, and, and see the, the, the actions and, and the anointings and confirmation. And a lot of people think, well, what actually happens? But in that moment, we are given the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But... We have to ask for that fullness to be completely, uh, to be com uh, continually released within us. You know, and so we pray, Lord, open up the graces I was given in my baptism and confirmation for me today. Let your Holy Spirit truly be at my side as my guide, as my helper. Make me docile to the Holy Spirit like Mary was. We all have our journey with the Holy Spirit. But I wonder how aware of it we are. It's a bit like the air around us. It's there all the time. We don't even notice ourselves breathing. It's only when we get the strong winds or we have difficulty breathing that we appreciate the gift. But the Holy Spirit is the gift that Jesus has promised to you and I. So if it's not your practice to pray to the Holy Spirit, maybe that's something we can try together. Let's try each day to pray, Holy Spirit, come to us, fall on us anew, enlighten us, guide us, strengthen us. And take then also that time of silence, to sit with the word and to reflect on it, to ponder. Mary was the one who pondered. And I think it, that word pondered, we can just think she's thinking about the words that's being said. Now, I think pondering is rather this deep prayer, asking the spirit that had come down upon her, the Annunciation, to open up her understanding and her wisdom. 
May we, like Mary, be docile to the Holy Spirit who comes down upon us. And through the action of the Spirit, may Christ become stronger in our lives so that we might live in him as he lives in us.